Thank you for me. Thank you for you. Let's eat the turkey in my big brown shoe. Love to eat the turkey at the table. I once saw a movie with Betty Grable. Eat that turkey all night long. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. Or Devonta Smith, though. Oh, <laughs> Just yeah. pass him along, pass him around like he's been passed around uh, at length by the rest of the league. Yeah, Devonta Smith's been boned quite a few times, so he's uh, he's he's definitely a, he's definitely a prime candidate for bones for sure. You may, you may want to get yourself tested uh, <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, family, work, God, break and all, but GFL Fantasy Football Weekly has transformed from a hobby of mine to a calling. I haven't been this fired up since I found out I was unknowingly in a polygamous marriage, Matt. <laughs> the GFL, the Garfather of Fantasy Football Leagues. Created from the pre-internet mind of Garland Levitt, with stats tracked on college ruled paper taken directly from an artifact called a newspaper. The GFL has stood the test of time, becoming one of the largest and most passionate leagues in America. From podcasts to fantasy pros, there is never a dull moment for those brave and cool enough to take on its challenge year in and year out. For over a quarter of a century, the GFL has annually brought together friends while breaking many hearts along the way. Now steered by the steady commission hand of Matt Handy, with continued support and assistance from its namesake founder, one thing is certain, a better fantasy football league does not exist. Welcome to the GFL Fantasy Football Weekly Commish Recap Preview Podcast number 47. I'm the G-Wizard of the GFL, along with the wise Gandalf of our 18-team, 28-year-old league, Matt Handy. And Matt, with it being Thanksgiving Eve tonight, as I drove back from San Antonio after spending two days at Fiesta, Texas, and SeaWorld with my son, Houston, I think I realized why nobody emphasizes Thanksgiving Eve as a holiday. The reason is because it literally seemed like everyone and their dead mothers we're on I-10 traveling somewhere for the holiday. <laughs> Luckily, though, there were no major accidents on the road or in my four-year-old's pants, since we took no bathroom breaks, who slept most of the drive home. So I was able to arrive here at GFL Studios about an hour ago, right around 8.45 p.m. for this 9.45 p.m. taping for some hastier-than-usual show prep that could conceivably cut this intro down into single-digit minutes. <laughs> It's all about priorities, though, Matt. And although my real-life punctuality is sorely lacking, I take my fantasy football podcast punctuality very serious, as I told you earlier today. So I was not at all about to embark on a romantic Cabo getaway tomorrow with, with my new girlfriend without fulfilling our duties for the week for GFL Nation that, unfortunately, because of last week's late recording and release, saw our listenership plummet from 80 all the way back down to 52 unique listeners. Matt, <laughs> I will chalk up those seemingly cratering ratings, ratings, though, mainly to the holidays. And I fully expect us to resume our ascent up the fantasy sports podcast rankings again over the next few weeks. 
So instead of focusing on what we don't have, Matt, I, for one, am using this podcast tonight as a time of reflection to focus on what we can be thankful for instead. For me, it's all about seeing the glass half full, my friend. For example, instead of belaboring and worrying about the next legal steps our unpaid intern producer John might take in his mission for minimum wage and a platinum-level Pornhub membership, I am choosing instead to be grateful for my effing John crop top that drives my girlfriend wild (laughs) and has her doing things to my belly button, Matt, that I didn't even think could be humanly possible or pleasurable. Instead of smarting over and dwelling over, as another example, my two trades that didn't happen at the deadline last week, I have to remain thankful for the five that did, which may have directly cost me a win last week, but certainly had me sleeping better at night without nightmares nightmares of having to play Christian Watson for even one more week. Matt, I am beholden to you, our league, and our dozens and dozens of faceless listeners and IP addresses we see registered every week, so there is no way I could flee the country without <laughs> making this happen tonight. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to you, my friend. And I have to ask you, what's your preference, homemade or store-bought stuffing? Oh, wow. Happy Eve of thanks to you, Gar. Um, my... I, homemade, everything's homemade is always the best, man. It's got to be homemade, you know. I mean, you sound like you just need some tea, though, right? Now. Yeah, I, I mean, voice my, my voice is my, you know, my allergies are killing me. My voice is, you know, if I make it through it, great. If I, if I don't, then hey, whatever. I got my water here. As long as I got my water here, I'm good to go. So you know, either one uh, of us can pick up the slack and talk for both of us. You know, uh, as I told you earlier, it's the sexy rasp. We're trying to get more listeners. If the sexy rasp is, is doing it for everybody, then. Garl just got to, you know, I got to take one for the team and just keep it going. Okay. Well, and Matt, our ratings were higher uh, a couple months ago when you were sick. So, oh, yeah. Be a direct correlation. We'll have to check It's possible. It's possible, Gar. I mean, you know, there's also our ratings were higher when you weren't getting laid either. So, I don't know, correlation or not, you know. So, <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Downhill with the but, ratings, uphill in life, you know? I, let's go with that. And in other, and in other ways, too, I guess. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I, I mean, everything, everything's, going up in the, everything's going up in your world right now, okay? So, um, that being said, no, it's, um, uh, you know... A lot I, more I, than I, celibate times, Matt, that's for I sure. Um, I, can, uh, I can actually agree with you in terms of the traffic, man. We were on Highway 6 earlier, and I, not even I-10, like, driving. We are just going... We are picking up... Har- um, my kid from school, and then I had to go pick up a, um, you know, one of those honey baked hams or whatever. We all we do that every year, and I don't, I'm not a big turkey guy. I love the ham is though it's freaking awesome. So I uh, went to go do that, but dude, I swear it took me like an hour and a half to get from my house all the way, you know, and, and back basically. When a trip should take like thirty minutes, you know, everybody wow. in the weather was out there. I got know? to San Antonio uh, from uh, San Antonio back here in three hours and forty minutes. I mean, I. <laughs> You're about halfway to my road trip time. Yeah, I mean, shoot. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, trip San Antonio and back should be two hours forty-five or three hours tops, is what should be. With no stops, so yeah, there was there was yeah, no stops. So there's that's a lot of traffic. That's a lot of traffic, you know. But um, I was getting road rage over the the podcast. Like, come on, let's start moving. I got a sleeping kid. I got everything I need. Let's just get there. (laughs) I'm surprised you didn't listen to multiple episodes of the podcast to get yourself refreshed. I'm surprised you did not do that. But you know, I mean. Yeah, I understand if you need a break every once in a while, but I expect better out of you, Gar. Yeah, I really do. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I'd already listened to it twice going there, so you know, third time coming <laughs> back just seemed like a little bit of overkill. So you know, yeah, <laughs> I uh, I can only be so so egotistical. Um, I you know, <laughs> Gar, we're, Gar, we're both we're both self-admitted narcissists. Egotistical is is how we live. Okay, that's what we do. 
And uh, if we can't be that, then we're not staying true to who we are. So stay true to who you are. Remember, Gar, you're a patriot, as I said last week. So be that patriot, okay? Be that patriot. <laughs> Absolutely, Matt. No, I, uh, uh, I, I, you know, and this Thanksgiving holiday just almost makes you want to be uh, more, more and more patriotic, you know? Mm-hmm. So it can't all be about me, you know? No. So, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm not listening to fantasy, uh, my own voice, the fantasy football podcast uh, on the way back, uh, I'm just kind of sitting there quietly thinking about my fantasy football team. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you. I have to ask this question. I, I have to ask. I do humble myself from time to time, Matt. It's I'm, not all I'm about sure. hearing my voice. Sometimes it's just thinking about my fantasy team, too. I mean, I figured your nine months of celibacy was very humbling. So, I mean, that's probably also humbling in its own right. But um, I do have to ask you this, though. How, how, how many times... Have your failed trades kept you up at night or at least popped into your head as like, you know, kept you from doing something that day or what? How, how many times that happened over the past what week? Is that what it is? Yeah, the past right, week. Matt, you basically summarize half of the road trip home is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, for those who don't know, which is most people on this, our trade deadline was last Saturday, November 18th. I didn't check it. Uh, I assumed um, it probably went. Kind of like how you can move players up until kickoff. I was kind of assuming yeah. it would be the same way. Um, so I had a, a, a sixth trade in place with Jay uh, trading Jonathan Taylor, who I would gotten from Janowski after we had recorded the last podcast. So this was an additional trade uh, I did. Um, and uh, I just kind of held on to it because I knew I had a good trade in the works with uh, Trent, uh, Jay's nephew, uh, that could have basically loaded up my receivers with Devonta Adams and Jefferson. Still got me good with running backs. I had to mm-hmm. give up Kyler Murray to get Dobbs, to get Josh Dobbs. I really loved the look of it. So I waited till Sunday morning. Got a text from Troy at 6 a.m. saying Trent approved. I went right to my page to create the trade, and wouldn't you know it, the create trade button Matt wasn't even there. No, uh, you know it's just a, it. You know, Gar, it's a shame when you've been in the league 28 years and you don't know how the trade deadline works. It's a shame. You know, I feel terrible for you. Oh man, the only person, the only person I could, I could, I, well, my first instinct was to, to blame you, Matt. That's why I reached out looking for an exception, yeah. but I guess that, yeah. wasn't, that wasn't going to happen. I mean, I can't allow corruption in this GFL gar. If you want to, if you want to use an abuse of power uh, for that, I can't allow it, my friend. Okay, we have to keep checks and balances somewhere, and and gar, I'm I'm your check and you're my balance. Okay, so that's that's how it works. But it's it's, it's like Lenin and Stalin. You know, I'm Lenin. <laughs> you're the you're the up and coming Stalin. You know, you had the public bureau on your side, and you know, I had to uh, to go to the wayside basically. You know, you, you know what I also and love? just live and of... live with five trades instead of seven. You know, you know what I also love, and this is kind of a uh, it's a change of topic off the trade deadline. But of course, I, I'm I'm very. Um, I'm very fond of our intro song, right? The, uh, you know, it gets me pumped and ready to go for the podcast every single time. But what I've started to really appreciate it more <laughs> is when you do your intro, right? And you, the first thing you say is, welcome to GF. The, the amount of words after the GFL podcast, right, is hilarious. It's like, welcome to the GFL <clears throat> recap, commish, preview, fantasy, fantasy football. football. I mean, it's so week. long. It's so long. It makes me laugh every single time. It's like it's like you've got 15 words before you actually get into what you're going to talk about. The problem is, Matt, it's tradition and marketing all in one mouthful. Because I know I always said before we got on Apple and tried to 
uh, get more uh, appeal, which is obviously has worked for the dozens and dozens of, of I can't say too many <laughs> dozens because we went down last week, but uh, the tradition was before Apple just say Commission Recap Preview podcast, just like it was the Commission Recap Preview Yahoo post. But right. since we are branding ourselves, I just felt compelled to, to add in the uh, Fantasy Football Weekly as well. I know. It's just, uh, you know, I noticed it last week. I was like, damn, that's a mouthful, you know, and then. I, I listened to it again this week um, after we uh, – well, I listened to our podcast on the way to work. Uh, I think it was Monday or whatever it was. but And then I um, I listened to it again when you just spoke right now. I was like, holy shit, that's so hard to say. And that's so many words, too, before you even actually say anything. So uh, it makes me laugh. But It's the same thing each week, and I still have to rehearse it multiple times. Absolutely. But, no, it is Thanksgiving Eve, um, of course – you know, I'm incredibly thankful for the league and the guys in the league because it's um it's truly, uh, it's some you know it's something I look forward to every year. You know, and you know when fantasy football is over with, uh, for some of us it's over after Yahoo is done after our GFL season's done. But some of us, it goes into the OT and everything like that. But it's always a really good. I mean, some of us four months, some of us six months. You know, it's a lot of fun, man. I'm thankful for definitely every player, person in this league and. Um, we've created a lot of good friendships in this league, and especially, you know, with you and me, Gar, we've, you know, been able to, I mean, gives, hell, we talk probably two, three times a week for at least six months out of the year, you know, we need a break every once in a while, but uh, definitely, definitely something that um, uh, is certainly a highlight of my year, and uh, so they're very thankful for all the, uh, for yourself and all the other players and people in the league, too, it's, uh, it makes it very fun, very, very fun. I, I share the sentiment, Matt, and- <clears throat> You know, driving in here and thinking, I was like, oh, it's our Thanksgiving show. It kind of got me sentimental, Matt, in addition yeah. to, uh, you know, listening to my voice on the way up to San Antonio, coming back and, oh, thinking, yeah. about my, and thinking about myself so much. I mean, I also <laughs> spent a little time, I mean, at least five to ten minutes thinking about everyone else in my life. And Matt, I, I in addition to the thinking and stuff, while Houston was sleeping in the back seat, I also, I have to admit, I mean, it got me a little emotional. I was... Uh, playing uh, some Wilson Phillips. I was playing <laughs> <laughs> some very sappy, some Rob Thomas. I mean, I was really getting after oh, man. hard. You're, br- you're bringing back the emotional. 90s, dude. You're bringing back the 90s, man. Holy shit. Yeah, some Brian Adams. I mean, I was getting after it, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were, dude. And I'm sure you were. But so, I'm uh, very grateful for every, everyone in my in my life, and uh, including including you, Matt. And uh, you're right. Every 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 relationship needs a break. <laughs> Even some marriages do. So yeah, we do need some time off. But man, we're right in the thick of it right now. So uh, let's, now, keep, let's I, keep it going for at least uh, six, seven more weeks. Yeah, you and I aren't getting our break from each other anytime soon, man. We're at least uh, we got the rest of the uh, the GFL season plus the OT. Then we got uh, then we got NCAA. You know, March Madness coming up after that. So we've got a, we've got a, we got a uh, uh, we've got a good little. Uh, you know, a little steady flow going until probably March at least. You know, Matt, so just when you think you got a break, I may bring out another fantasy, fantasy, fake fantasy draft. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm going to need your oh, help Jesus. with like last year when I did the all time NBA schoolyard draft. We just did fantasy draft and best drafting the best players uh, who started their careers in 7980 to today. I called the Bird Magic Beyond NBA schoolyard draft. Yeah. And the 15 somehow got 15 people to agree to do this for free. Somehow, uh, yes. We all voted on who we thought had the best teams. And Matt just was beside himself the whole time. It, oh, went from, it went from mockery at the beginning. It's kind of intrigued by the end. And we even did a podcast that Matt helped us uh, produce. Yeah. It, it, you know, it, it was, um, I, I still, I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. Just putting the podcast on, letting you get, you know, 
it was the voice recorder app. It wasn't this, obviously. It was the voice recorder app. So I just let you guys talk. And, man, I just came back whenever I could, make sure the phone call was still good. And uh, I would join for a couple minutes and go away. (laughs) I don't think I ever – I don't understand how you got 15 people to get a draft together that had no reward except for pride. That was it. You know, that, that was the only reward that was there. Unless you were doing some side bets on the side. I think you might have been doing some of that. But, uh, yeah, knowing, we did do a little you, of that. That's true. That's true. Yeah, knowing you. But, man, that was um, that was something else. But, uh, anyway, yeah, that's enough about NBA. As opposed to the GFL, Matt, which is all about that $60 buy-in money, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So and, and also, well, Gar, speaking of GFL, let's get into it, man. We're seven, almost 17 minutes in. Um you know what? Actually, what I want to do. So, just for everyone who's listening right now, with you know the 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 you know sevens or eights of people that are listening right now, um, we're gonna actually uh, gonna go into a little NFL talk first. We're gonna address a couple things in the league. I've got an update for us regarding our head-to-head matchups. I uh, got a little special segment which I've been looking forward to, and definitely gonna go into the playoff picture because we've had uh, if last week if I if I said what I said last week about it being the most uh, was it like probably one of the biggest weeks in GFL history or whatever it was? Uh, this week is going to probably be one of the biggest weeks in GFC history with the with the matchups that are that have so much playoff implications to it. So we definitely need to go over that as well. But uh, looking forward to the episode today. And um, Gar, if you're ready, man, uh, let's get after it. If you're ready, absolutely, man. I drove. All right, uh, boss. My my whole uh, my whole trip to San Antonio was predicated on getting here tonight. So you know I'm ready. I know, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Actually, I'm, I'm happy for that. Actually, as well. But, um, I right, mean, let's go. Well, you know, I, we've been doing first take stuff last couple of, last week, last couple of weeks. So, um, I don't want to do exactly first take, but I just have a couple. I just want to talk about the NFL for a little bit. We have a couple of questions. It's not really debate so much. It's just kind of uh, food for thought. So, first one is that we had a lot of big injuries to players in the AFC this week. You know, Deshaun uh, Watson's out in Cleveland. Uh, Mark Andrews is done in Baltimore. Joe Burrow's done in Cincinnati. Can I mean I don't think the Chiefs are that great, but can anyone really challenge the Chiefs? Can anyone really challenge the Chiefs this year in the AFC with those injuries? That's that. I mean, can we? We can't say the Texans are a challenge for the Chiefs, are we? I mean, we can't go that far or anything like that, can we? Uh, I mean, anyone's a challenge on any given day in the NFL. I mean, anything can happen. The Texans can certainly yeah. beat the Chiefs, but if it's at Kansas City, that's, I mean, the, which it would be, I mean, the chances are under 10%. So, I mean, who's got yeah. a better chance to to do it? I mean, I certainly think Baltimore would have a good chance. Baltimore's got a serious defense. Uh, uh, Kansas City just has so many receiver problems. I mean, I might actually pick Baltimore against Kansas City. I just have no faith. I have plenty of faith in, in Mahomes, but I have no faith in those receivers. So I actually kind of think uh, the Ravens are better than the Chiefs right now. Um, I think the Bills, can, get, if they make the playoffs, can certainly give them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, um, you know, if the Browns had Deshaun, I would say they could because their defense is so good. Um, but I, I won't say that now. So really, I think you're looking at the Ravens or the Bills as the only serious uh, challengers, too. Do you really uh, think a Chiefs. team... Do you really think a team led by Lamar Jackson can go into Arrowhead and win a game there? You really think that can happen I, without Mark I Andrews? I do, just because of the deficiency <clears throat> of the Kansas City receivers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and then if we're talking about the Bills with Josh Allen, I mean, with that defense and Josh Allen, I mean, look, Josh Allen's been great for me, right? But he leads the league in interceptions. Do you think he can really hold up and actually with against that defense? 
it's a much better chance than the, the uh, Texans, you know. I mean, if we're, we're ba- that's yeah. the baseline. I mean, um, any anyone in <clears throat> Arrowhead is going to be difficult, but whereas the Texans would probably have like you know ten, fifteen percent chance maybe to get it done. I mean, you're looking at the Ravens and the Bills having you know yeah. thirty, thirty to forty percent chance of getting it done. I mean, I guess intro. you know, in the Texans, I know we're bringing them up because we're the hometown team. But are we slipping on? Are we slipping on Jacksonville at all, or not really? Um. Uh, I think that I would put them above, above, slightly above the Texans, not much, but a tier yeah. below <clears throat> Buffalo and Baltimore. So look at what Jacksonville did last year. They gave them a run for their money last mm-hmm. year, where it never seriously seemed like in that game that Jacksonville was going to win, but they kept it close. So yeah, um, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. In the NFL, these teams are just so even. I mean, it's not like baseball where they literally, you really can toss a coin, which is kind of cool because yeah. it's not a coin toss, but at the same time, anything can happen any given game. So um, yeah. It would be it would be interesting, and, you know, because I, I it's probably it's probably because their offense and probably because their wide receivers, but the Chiefs I'm just not convinced right now. You know, I said the same thing last year they won the Super Bowl. You know, but I this year feels different for some reason. I don't know why, but it, it just doesn't make me think that. And you know, with the, with the injuries that happened in the, in the AFC this past week, I'm just kind of sitting here thinking, well, who's going to actually beat the Chiefs? And I don't really think anybody is. But in my mind, like. How heavy of a favorite is an NFC team to win the Super Bowl? You know, like I, I just feel like they're overwhelming favorites right now. Yeah, I mean, you got the Eagles, you got the 49ers who played in the championship game last year. Matt, I was really looking forward to seeing um, 49ers and Eagles, what we thought was going to be a full strength teams in the championship game last year, but then Purdy got injured, the backup yeah. got injured. Yeah. The, the journeyman who's played on like 15 teams is actually fairly decent. Once he went down, they had no quarterback at all. So, um, yeah, that'd be a great matchup. Uh, you know, the Lions are definitely lurking there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys. So you've got four. I, you know, watching just seeing the Cowboys against the Eagles in the AFC, they'd be a, the favorite, right? I think the Cowboys, yeah. the fourth team there would be. I put them as probably the fourth team, third or fourth team. Just say they're the third. Say they're a little better than the Lions. That's debatable. Yeah. Uh, they'd clearly be number one in the AFC. So yeah, the uh, NFC. I'll say the BFC, the NFC stacked, um, <laughs> and you would expect the Super Bowl champion to come from there. But again, that's not necessarily going to happen. Yeah, I mean that that can actually take that can actually segue me into my question three I had. So we'll get we'll get to that one right now. I mean, the Eagles had a big win in KC, and they really didn't even play that well. Like defenses really took over that game, but they no they didn't really play that great. But if we assume the Eagles are the team to beat, right? They're nine and one, ten and one, whatever they are. They only have one loss. If they're the, if we assume that they're the team to beat, who is their biggest challenger out of Detroit, San Fran, and Dallas? Out of those three teams, who is their biggest challenger out of the three? San Fran always seems like they have this lull during the year. The last four years, when they've been four or five years, and they've been good, so they, they hit their lull. Yeah. They seem like they're past it. So I'm going to give it to San Francisco right now. I just think that those two teams are cut above the Lions and the Cowboys, who are both. Uh, really good teams. Man, I just think, you know, it's interesting. If I'm looking at the matchup, right, if I'm looking at the matchup, I feel like Detroit is because <clears throat> Detroit, so San Fran's defense, um, excuse me, Eagles defense isn't that great against the pass. They're okay. They're not great, right? And I know that the running game for Detroit has really kind of taken off this year with Montgomery and Gibbs, but you've got Amon Ra, you've got Laporta, you've got guys, I just feel like Goff would put up like 45 passes and we just I'm not saying they would pass all day on the guys but I just feel like that matchup would just not be good for for um uh for Philly at all for, for some reason so mm-hmm. I would just think that Detroit I don't know why I just feel like they're 
I don't feel like it's their time. I think like ne- I feel next year they could really make some noise, but I just feel like I don't know why. I think Detroit's going to be the biggest uh, the biggest hurdle uh, for the Eagles if they have to face them. But you know, I mean, I just think the Eagles are tough to beat, man. I just think they're a tough team to beat. But I would say I would say Detroit out of them all. Um, I'm you know, Purdy's a good quarterback. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not. I know Jay's been kind of saying on the podcast, on the text. I think he sucks. I don't think he sucks. I think he's a manager. That's all I think he is. I don't think he's. He's nothing spectacular. He's not going to be like a Hurts or Mahomes or one of these super elite guys. I think he's just going to be very efficient. And efficiency is um, is underrated nowadays, obviously, right? You want someone to do some spectacular stuff. But I just – I don't know. I'm just when, – when when big when the, the lights are on, I just don't see Purdy show up all the time. You know, so I guess that's kind of where – I guess that's kind of where I am with that. So that's why I think that um, Detroit would, you know, probably do better than San Francisco. That's a great debate. Uh, it's interesting in the text thread uh, discussion about uh, Purdy. I kind of see Jay as the happy medium between uh, uh, your view on Purdy and Kurt's view on Purdy that he's a, a potential Joe Montana. So uh, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> I tell more to Jay of the three of y'all. I think on the opinion of, of how Purdy is. I, I think he's pretty good. And you know, I made I, I was we were talking last week, I believe, on the podcast about. How I didn't understand why Troy would play uh, per, uh, Purdy over uh, Hurts mm-hmm. and end up being the right play. You know? Yeah, I you know look Purdy's got great offensive stats this year. I mean he's he's like I think he's number one in pass per, uh, pass was yards per pass attempt and he's he's in the top six or seven of all quarterback categories this year. Uh, but I think actually one part of Kurt's text messages that went missing was is that he feels that Purdy's a system guy. And I actually agree with that. However, it doesn't really matter if you're a system guy or not. If you're in that system, then fine, go ahead. You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I mean, I never understood that argument that someone's a system guy. Well, okay, well, if you're still in that system, then good for you. Congrats, you're still going to be good. So I didn't really, I never really, you know, got that criticism from it. You know, I never understood it. But um, anyway. And are these guys really <laughs> – System guys like you know Drew B. Breeze uh, really made the leap once he went into Sean Payton's system, but mm-hmm. you know he was still pretty good in San Diego. I mean, or do we really yeah. think Purdy wouldn't be you know uh, uh, decent somewhere else? I mean, he probably would be. I think he would. He wouldn't. You know, he wouldn't get the attention because you know San Fran's a very good team. You know, and, and if you put him on a team like New Orleans or you know a middling team, basically, yeah, he probably wouldn't be that great. But you know. Um, because he's in San Fran, I think he's going to be, you know, talked about better in a better light. And I think he'll be fine. I don't think he's going to, like I said, I don't think he'll be anything special. But maybe he could be. We'll see. You know, so. Absolutely. And I'll have a chance to be something special. If he doesn't get injured, <laughs> he's not doing <clears> right. <throat> yeah. He'll have a chance to be something special this year. So we'll see. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, Gar, here. Last question here, man. So this is an interesting one for me. I was thinking about it uh, yesterday. I thought, we, you know, we could talk about it for a little bit. But Sean Payton was crucified basically after – uh, his criticisms of Nathaniel Hackett uh, came out, you know, they know that kind of shit. He talked about him basically um, seeing how Denver is, they're showing a couple signs of life. I mean, I don't think they've been playing great, but they've been winning games, you know? Um, and that, you know, they're showing some signs of life. The jets are just a fucking dumpster fire basically. Right. Is especially offensively, right. With Hackett's their offensive coordinator. So is Peyton basically vindicated by saying what he said based on how things are going? Yeah, and what exactly – you remind me just a moment of time when he said it. I don't remember this, but I'm just trying to – I don't remember word for word, but it was something like 
how the hell could you be this bad? Essentially, essentially, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, it was, uh, let me see if that's I'm right. And it was like before the season. And yeah, I remember all that. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I, re- I remember the intention and, um, uh, you know, I think he is, he is vindicated. Now, it looks like for a while, maybe a month ago, he wasn't going to be vindicated because uh, bad Denver was playing, but, uh, yeah. really, I think it's their defense. has gotten more vindicated than their offense. They've really given up 70 points early in the year. They've really come around yeah. and used them last week very effectively. But as far as, uh, uh, criticizing Hackett. I mean, yeah. I mean, how is this guy? All, uh, he, he must just be like a coach's coach, right? I mean, he must be really well liked. You can tell that the players really, really like him. But I mean, look what he did to Russell Wilson last year. And again, Russell Wilson's going downhill, but there's no way he should have gone from 2021 Russell Wilson to 2022 Russell Wilson. That didn't make any sense. Now we've got more of a happier medium this year as I've been <laughs> second time I've made that uh, reference um, and he's a top 10 quarterback again not really impressive in doing it when you actually watch the playing but yeah I think Peyton is vindicated Peyton's a good coach and I'm really impressed the way Peyton's gotten their defense to come around so for sure uh, maybe that wasn't the right thing to say maybe it wasn't politically correct but uh, you know it's just the the world we live in Matt he took heat for that and uh, no I think he, he has been vindicated to some degree yeah you know it's interesting but, but ESPN will never admit it <laughs> no he did say that this was a Hackett's job in Denver was one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. Yeah, and so, I, I think you and I might concur <clears throat> with that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, their defense I, was pretty fair last year, but offensively, yes. Hackett, I think, got the job because Aaron Rodgers was going to go there. I think that's why he got the job. Honestly, I, you know, his pace has always been an issue. Uh, when he was in Green Bay, they were in the bottom three or four. In, NFL in, in offensive pace every year, right? There is no different. I'm sure if you look at Denver stats last year in terms of offense, probably the same. The Jets are in the bottom of the league in terms of offensive pace, so they don't get anything going basically, you know. And so um, I, I just can't imagine Hackett sticking around unless Rodgers just has that much pull to keep him around, you know. But um, yeah, I think I think Peyton's vindicated uh, as well because. I'm not saying it's looking like a Sean Payton team. I think he's got a lot of things he still wants to do. Um, but, you know, look, they're, they're, they're competitive. Their defense is playing well. And, you know, look, they're 5-5. Five and five. They got a chance to playoffs after that, after, you know, the horrendous start they had, too. You know? Let me point this out. This is not about your question, but I was thinking about this uh, <clears> the <throat> last few weeks as Denver's gotten a little better. Um, you know, he could have had the Texan job, right? D'Amico Ryan's yeah. got that. They're doing well. They got their quarterback now. So the future's very bright. For the Texans, they're going to have some salary cap room because C.J. Stroud is on his rookie contract. Uh, compare that to Denver, and I mean, after that dumpster fire with Hackett last year, and then Wilson's albatross of a contract, you kind of wonder like, yeah, Peyton's a good enough coach to keep them competitive, you know, Tomlin Pittsburgh style. But uh, D'Amico's got a lot more upside potential with the Texans, kind of starting from scratch like that. So you, you kind of wonder why. Uh, I mean, did Peyton just have that much faith in Russell Wilson to go back to the old Russell Wilson, which would be show a little ego? Not that we could talk about ego uh, himself, um, or what? You know, what was he actually uh, thinking? Because you know, as it turns out, it seems like the Texans' job was the better job. Well, I mean, look at. Do you know? Do you remember the package that Denver gave Seattle for Russell Wilson? Do you remember this package too, or no? Um, let's see. They traded. Yeah. Okay. So he signed with Seattle. And then they traded that contract. Uh, right. No, I so do, not. do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I do. So Seattle is going. Seattle received two first rounds, two second rounds, and a fifth round pick for and a long. And they also got Noah Fant 
and a couple of and Drew Locke and one other guy, right? So if Russell, if, if for Sean Payton to make this this a success, you know, like to to justify the trade with getting rid of two ones and two twos for Russell Wilson. I mean, you've got to do some serious damage. Like, you've got to do some. You got to. You got to get to some Super Bowl title games, uh, cha- championship games. I mean, it's not going to happen. It's not. going No, to happen. I mean, it's it's an interesting choice because they basically, I mean, they forfeited so much draft capital for this guy, and he's played him. I, I mentioned this last week when we talked about him. I think he's played his way out of the Hall of Fame right now. Like that's what that's my opinion. You know, and uh, I've never I've never seen it before, but. If you're getting rid of that kind of draft capital, damn, dude, you, I mean, you better, you better do something with it, you know. Mm-hmm. And they sure, they sure have it. And uh, no, not one bit. Seattle has with Geno Smith under the helm. So unbelievable, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. So good for Geno, good for Pete Carroll too. Uh, Pete Carroll's taking a lot of flack for stuff at different times of his career, but um, the dude Carroll's good years. coach, right up there with Peyton. <clears throat> Geno had a big year yeah. last year. Now he's kind of reverting back to what you would expect if he's going to be effective, more of a a game manager who has yeah. the moments and they use a decent defense and a decent running game. So absolutely. Um, anyway, absolutely. Well, Gar, I want to talk about something a little bit different now. So I want to go into, you know, we've had this debate now on the text thread for quite a while. Okay, I haven't addressed it, and I'm going to address it. I'm going to address the kicker situation. Okay, and. I didn't want you're going to. There. You're going there, Matt. We have I'm to, going there, but I felt I'm like that was off limits on this show the last few weeks. It, it, I'm glad it was, we but there. I'm taking a different spin on it Stop because basically, me like Apple, Matt. Good. <laughs> about it. So here's the deal: is that I'm not going to address whether we're going to get rid of kickers or not because right now we're not going to. Okay, but what I want to address is the is the is the comment saying it's all based on luck and all this other kind of stuff. Well, <clears throat> I don't believe that. Okay, because. I think it's all about the research that you do and things like that. There are just like you do research for uh, for your wide receivers, for your running backs, quarterbacks based on matchups and things like that. You can do the same thing with kickers. Now it's not an exact science, you know, because there's game flow. Just like, but that applies to any position. Whether it applies to any position, there's there's all that stuff right there too. But there's two things that you can look at, and this is kind of more of an advice thing, you know. And I'm not saying I'm a guru of fantasy football, but I do look at a lot of stats and a lot of things like that, you know. And this is kind of what I did. And my overall recommendation, honestly, is to stream kickers. I think streaming kickers is probably the best way to go ahead and do it. Now, if you're now Kevin's actually right. I think Kevin's the one that's the biggest problem with kickers. When you're drafting kickers, there's no draft strategy to kickers. I think Janowski mentioned the same thing as well. Okay, if you don't get a top three kicker, then yeah, you probably need to stream. That's what I would say to do. You know, but. There are two things you can look at, okay? First one's red zone efficiency, right? Basically, it's your team, like, the, you know, say it's, I don't, say it's Will Lutz, okay, because Denver's on my mind, okay? If he has a, if their team has a bad red zone efficiency, right, then that's the kicker you want to go ahead and target because you're going to get more opportunities in the red, because if your team can't convert in the red zone, you're going to be getting more opportunities as, um, as a kicker to go ahead and have a high score, so... That's not really luck right there. It's when you look at it, it's just research. You know what I mean? Like you can, anybody can look at a red zone offense and say, okay, you know, these guys are shitting the red zone. So let me go ahead and pick him up <clears throat> as opposed to making it all about luck. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a very easy way to, uh, to look at kickers as well. And the second one is it's what a they cop call it. out, Matt. I, I endorse kickers as well. So it's, a I, cop yeah. Out. 
But the other one, which actually I think is actually the the best one to look at, is this thing called the K score, right? And this is kind of what I use. Um, you know, there are some websites that I don't have to calculate this myself. There, there are some websites that do it for you. But the K score is basically it's a it's a mathematical formula that they do for you. Basically, it shows the the it's the sum of the player's opponent's red zone offense. Uh, so it's the the red zone defensive efficiency of who you're playing in. So like if the Texans are playing the Cardinals, it's how how efficient is the Cardinals defense in the red zone? Mm-hmm. Right? It's that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, then there's the red zone off. Uh, you know, the offensive efficiency of the red zone. Uh, for the kickers team that you're on, and then there's the offensive rank of the kickers team. So you take those three things, add them together, and the lower the score, the better chance it is for a kicker to do well. So, like if you if you are playing against a team that's really good in the red zone defensively, right? Your team's not so hot in the red zone, and your team is pretty good offensively, right? You're primed for a pretty good day as a kicker because you're going to be getting the red zone. You won't be converting, but you're going to have a lot of kicking attempts. So. You know, the, the the kicker game probably involves a little more research than just the eye test, right? And that's why people probably get annoyed by it. But it's not really luck when you get down to it because there are ways you can do some stuff to do some research to make sure that, you know, you give yourself the best chance. And so I think the people who are staying with kickers all season long, if you don't have a top three kicker, I think you're in, I think you're making a mistake. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Um, I guess that's me addressing the kicker situation. And, you know, hopefully, shoot, I don't know if it helps anybody or not, but go for it and see what happens. It's all really <laughs> Matt, you've really helped me because, I mean, I, I realize a lot of this stuff in conception, but the way you break it down with the stats and the logic is just perfect. So yeah. I think what Kevin maybe does realize or he's not realized, the kicker, <clears throat> the kicker on these kickers is that there is research involved. And that's kind yeah. of – uh, there is analysis. So mine's more generalized through the years. Mine's more, okay, well, I remember, and I told you this in the last few weeks with Eli Manning, how they would always – he would move the ball plenty. I mean, Eli threw for over 5,000 yards, one or two seasons. I mean, they, they can move the ball with Eli. He wasn't yeah. just a game manager, but they would stall out a lot. So the Giants kicker, as you remember, was uh, uh, traditionally a pretty darn good fantasy kicker. So yeah. you'd want to stick with that. Now, he's not a top three kicker, but – I would stick with him. And you know who's similar now to that? Moody. I have Moody on San Fran. Mm-hmm. So Purdy will move the ball, but some weeks he's not as efficient. And right. so, you know, if McCaffrey's not getting into the end zone, they'll he can get two to three field goals. So that's why I've yeah. stuck with Moody because they have a good enough offense to get at least a floor of five or six points and then top end 14, 15, whatever. So yeah. to me, he was a good enough kicker to stick uh, to stick with. So, yes, you're right. And got the, the – uh, and I, and I hope this gives people food for thought, and they kind of, it has for me, Matt, uh, the stats to kind of look at, these opposing stats, red zone yeah. defense and all that, it's out there. So uh, if you are going to play the streaming kicker game, you should do exactly, and this is for me too, exactly yeah. what Matt said, and just look at a couple things. I mean, I like looking at the options anyway, Matt, so I might as well just look at the opponents and, and see if that's, that's a good one to choose. <laughs> and here's why I say the research portion of it, because – our league is not a a bunch of you know random people thrown together that have only played fantasy football once or twice. We're all degenerates to fantasy football. Okay, that's just what we are. All right, we do research, we look at this stuff on a daily basis. You know, I'm in a couple other leagues that I, I see the guys. Some of them don't even set lineups. I mean, it's not really a very you know a very you know when I have a team that has Keenan Allen, Ceedee Lamb, and Stephon Diggs on the same team, then I know something's wrong. Okay, the, the league sucks. If that's the case, all right. So, 
Um, Josh Dobbs is your quarterback, Matt. So you are sacrificing. Sir. He's actually not. No, I, I've, I've oh, you have Kyler him. Murray too. I'm sorry, Kyler Murray on that team as well. But he so. hasn't even played all year, so you know you kind of <clears> other <throat> areas and uh, maybe yeah, the detriment but, of that position a little bit. And, that, and the like, reason, yeah, that's the reason league. why I bring up the this is the reason why I bring up the kicker research is because we all look at this stuff, you know, and maybe some more than others. Maybe I look at it more than other people, or vice versa. I mean, it's fine, but. If you look at the red zone defensive efficiency, the offensive efficiency, the total yardage by the teams, then I think you can give yourself at least a chance uh, if you do play this, like like you said, Garth, if you play the streaming game, to give yourself a chance of having a, a good weekly score for a kicker. And, you know, if it's look, if it's pouring down rain and windy, then there's nothing you can do about it regardless of whatever the stats are. You know, and that's, but that's something you have to factor into your research as well. Yeah, yeah so. and, and I'm glad you brought up those stats because sometimes I look at the uh, landscape when I am streaming kickers, and I have nowhere, I have no idea where to go. So now I think yeah. you've given all of us uh, uh, a path we can take, uh, some for stats sure. We can look at to, to find someone we're comfortable with. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully that helps. If it does, I mean, it. And I'm not looking for it to change people's minds or anything like that. But since we're using kickers, I, uh, you know. And this year, I've kind of been going into a little bit more strategy on certain things. Like we talked about draft strategy when we went over the midseason report cards, right? What I would do, what you would do. Uh, not to say that we're the you know kings of whatever, but it's just a different opinion. Is all it really is. And this is just my opinion on kickers, uh, because you know for the foreseeable future, look, we're not going to change the kicker position. So here's how you can maybe maximize that position to make it towards your benefit, you know, and go from there. Ah, oh, Matt, that midseason report card that dragged until like uh, late in the season. <laughs> I know, right? especially with <coughs> we could possibly come up with. Yeah, I know. So, and we split up between GFC and VFC. And speaking of that, we're going to go into an update of how we're doing head to head this year. So, uh, I finally got the stats, and I had a day off from work because uh, my schedule worked a certain way where I didn't have to work today. So, I had plenty of GFL time earlier today. So, uh, went and updated some stuff on the uh, stats page. And right now, we are leading. <coughs> excuse me, we mean the GFC are leading thirty twenty one this season. So. Um, we actually are losing in the overall 260 to 259. So we have a one game, excuse me, VFC has a one game lead on us overall. However, um, if we take the final couple games, um, actually the final three games from this season, we'll match what they did last year and we will have the overall lead, but we need to go two and one to make sure that to, to have it even going into 2024. So, um, we made a big comeback this year so far. We got nine games on them, and then we got three left to go. See if we can take the lead, but uh, that's where we are right now as it that's relates great, to the GFC update. It's so back and forth always. <clears throat> uh, both these leagues, before I merged them, were really fine leagues, and they yeah. evolved obviously with uh, people dropping it, dropping off, and people coming in. But it's uh, that's the way you would expect it. I don't think anyone's ever going to run away with it. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not not at all. Year, that's for sure. Not at all. Gar, what I need you to do right now though is cue the music. Because it's time. Absolutely. And so, uh, man, I'm not going to go into specifics of why I'm I'm choosing this music. Just kind of in this this bit of this soundbite. But as everyone knows, we have a very active fantasy football text that we've talked about on the show. And, of course, those in the league. Uh, really understand it. So, Matt, for example, I was a big. I had a big uh, day with uh, Houston last week, my son, and uh-huh. uh, I was playing the Packers with uh, uh, a team that's like my JV team. After the trade, I was missing three key guys, and so it was just not fun. I wasn't like looking at the tag. I was. I mean, I was being competitive, but in the points in the seventies, and so I wasn't really checking our text thread. But I saw we had like 150 texts by the end of the day. I mean, <laughs> it's fun for me, Matt, because I don't check it, so I actually get to see the text <clears> some <throat> weeks when I'm not checking it. So, um, 
And as everyone knows, there's a certain person in our text thread that's kind of the ringleader with uh, getting people riled up and getting himself riled up, Matt. So uh, to, to introduce this segment, I wanted to play this, because I think it speaks volumes about uh, who we're profiling here. Matt, there's something forming here. It says, what a sh question. I'm really disappointed in the, in the, of course, <laughs> the progress that we've made. God damn it! <laughs> this show, take this show and forget it. Forget <laughs> if it amazes you, then you don't know anything about basketball. You're, you're uh, uh, illuminating your uh, relative lack of knowledge of the game with a statement like that. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my <laughs> So Matt, that of course uh, was not football related. It was basketball related, but it was one of the most one of my favorite basketball coaches of all time, Bobby Knight. And boy, could that guy get pissed! And mm -hmm. not that Jay Bringle is Bobby Knight, and that's who we're kind of chronicling here. Not that Jay Bringle is is Bobby Knight, but man, because he's very mild mannered in person, hilarious actually, one of the funniest people. Yeah, jovial, uh, really bubbly person. You could. I was calling that my best audience. So even when the jokes aren't hitting with Jay, it appears it's hitting because he's just cackling like there's no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to the text, it's almost like he takes on an alter ego and he's very Bobby Knight-like, almost like an eight-year-old kid sometimes on that text thread, going crazy when things aren't going his way, playing the victim, um, going totally against his political philosophy and doing things yes. like this. But it's pretty funny to watch. And I think <clears> some <throat> of it's an act. We're going to have him on next week and mm -hmm. probably go into it a little bit. But what do you have for us tonight about the aforementioned Jay Bringle? So I, you had mentioned, I had called you up earlier in the day and said, I'm going to do some stuff for stats-wise as it relates to Jay because I want to see how it goes. You told me not to tell you anything about it, so I didn't. You, know, you wanted to be surprised by it, which is great. You also texted me this afternoon saying you've been talking to Jay. He can do Tuesday or Thursday of next week. And did you want to? Did I want to hold off until next week? And I said no, I'm not waiting a week. Um, so <laughs> I didn't want to wait a week because I'm hoping that Jay listens to the podcast and this gives him a week to respond. Essentially, is what it gives him. You know, he, I don't. I'm not gonna, you know, club him over the head with it and then he has to answer on the spot. He can take a week to go ahead and respond to it. So this segment is is affectionately titled the persecution of jesus all right so <laughs> what i have done here is i have taken so jay is um very very adamant that defenses and teams score more against him than anybody else basically so he's very adamant in the fact that if you're playing jay you will automatically score over 20 points over your projected score and then your defense. Matt, I, I, Matt, let me just cut you off. Is this more like the victimization of Jays? Is this more than the persecution? I think it seems like that's where you're going. With this, and we can go with both. We can go with guard. It's interchangeable. Okay, so okay. this is interchangeable. Okay. All right, this is fluid. But Gar, uh, Jay is very adamant about the fact that defense has put 20-plus against him. Um, I believe that's an actual direct quote from one of our text message threads. Um, he, he's very adamant about this stuff. So what I did is I went back to 2019. I went 2019, 20, 21, 22, and all the way through week 11 of this year. So we're current. What I have here <clears throat> is I have Jay's actual score 
from each week, every one, week 1 through 13, regular season, Jay's actual score, his projected score, the difference between the two, his, his defensive points that has scored, his projection, and the difference as well. I've got how many times Jay has scored over 15 points above his projection, 15 points under his projection, because I figure 15 points above is kind of a blow-up week, 15 points below is kind of a shitty week. That's kind of my, what I'm saying. So Good for defenses, I have how many times his defense has scored five above or five under, and how many times he has scored 20-plus. I figure that a good defensive game is probably about five points over the projection and a bad defensive game is probably about five under since we're talking, since the initial projection is usually around 10. That's kind of what it roughly is. Okay. So not only do I have Jay scores, but I have every opponent that he went against. For That's the exact, what I was waiting on. That's what I was waiting on. For ex- the exact yeah. same. So I have Jay, I have every opponent that Jay played that, that with that week. For 2019 all the way through 2023, <laughs> I have the difference between, like I said, I have the actual score, projected score, defensive point score, defensive projection, and the difference on those as well. So, Gar, it's time to go through all of these because I have not – all I did this afternoon, okay, was just input the Excel formulas, input the numbers, and I was going to look at them later tonight on the podcast so everything was fresh. So that way I'm going to present the information. And Gar, at the end of the, at the end of this, you and I can make a determination whether Jay is right, or whether Jay is wrong, or whether it's a wash. We can Are you make saying that you're sort of unveiling this for the first time for yourself? Unveiling it for myself for the first time. All I did was put the numbers in. I didn't analyze them. I didn't do anything. Okay, I did nothing. All right. So this I just is, this is this is good. This is oh, where's my popcorn? This is good. Yeah. This is that. <laughs> I, I told you. I told you you would enjoy this. Okay. Really, I told you you'd enjoy this. So. Um, we're going to start off with 2019, okay? <clears throat> I'm not going to go week by week because that would take fucking forever, okay? However, we're going to go through totals here, okay? So Jay, in t- 2019, he actually scored, un- he, from based on all of his, to- his projected, his actual score and his projected score, Jay scored almost 18 points under his projected score. He only scored three times above, th- he only scored... Uh, over 15 points, excuse me, under 15 points, below his projection three times, mm-hmm. scored over 15 points uh, twice, okay? Yeah. But he scored 18, about 18 points under his projection, meaning that his team did not do so hot, okay? Defensively, he scored under 21 points, to, you know, compared to his projection, so his defenses did not do so hot. He only had one game over 20 points for his defense, okay? Uh-huh. So that being said, his his opponents, though, okay, his if Jay scored, remember Jay scored under eighteen, about eighteen points under his projection. His opponent scored about twenty-four points under the projection. Okay, so basically <laughs> he still had a bad year. <laughs> yeah, still didn't have a great year. Okay, however, <clears throat> here's where it gets. Here's where I guess you can make a claim, but Jay's te- Jay's teams that he played against scored about seven points over their projection on defense defenses all year long. So about seven points. You know, seven points per game basically is, I mean, um, you know, the, the overall, not per game, but overall throughout the season, they scored seven points over the projection throughout the season. That's what it was. Okay, now an average of basically 0.55 points per game over the projection is what <laughs> the average actually is. Now, 2019, he only had one team scored higher than 20 points from a defensive point of view. Okay, so 
for 2019, I got to say Jay's full of shit, personally speaking. But yeah, I don't know what you have to say about that. Okay, so that's now he was eight and five that year, so this wasn't the worst <clears> year. <throat> I'm looking at his, the standings, he was eight yeah. and five. But you know what I'm looking at here is that uh, defenses scored the number of games defenses scored five under the projection was one. The number of games defenses scored five over the projection was two. Number of games the opponent defense scored twenty or higher was only one. So defenses really were kind of a wash for Jay that year. Nothing really was wild and crazy. Um, so twenty nineteen, don't think the don't think the issue started there. Okay, yeah, so we're gonna nothing, find nothing where, there. Let's go to twenty. We're gonna find where the issue started for Jay. Okay, what was Jay's record in twenty twenty? Guard, what did he finish up at? In 2019, he was eight and five. In 2020, he was do, 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 it was five and eight. Five and eight. Okay, so Jay scored about 120 points below his projection overall for the season. What he did in that year. Okay, he averaged 100 points a week, so it was an okay team. He just and yeah. gave up 1291, so it was about right. even points for points against. His defense has scored about 24 points less than they were supposed to throughout the course of the season. So about two points less per game. Okay, um, his opponents. So if Jay scored 119 points less, his opponents only scored about 29 points less, but they're still not scoring a whole bunch is the point. Okay, they're still under the projections for most yeah. of the year. So about three points less per game, you know, and everything like that. Um, five times throughout the season, they were under the fi- they were 15 points under the projection. Okay, three times preceded this. Three times they were over it by 15 points. So he only had someone blow up on him really about three weeks. And that's about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, Jay's looking here at uh, under the projection, five points under was four times, over it was two times. Only had two team, two, only two games out of the 13 did somebody go for over for 20 or higher. So, okay, so you had two games that blew up, but you had four games where people didn't do so hot against you. So I don't think it started in 2020 either, uh, you know, unless I'm missing something here. I mean, we may be getting to the point where this all just started in his imagination. So it's we'll it uh, you weren't guard. It, it might be that way, but uh, we're gonna we still have three more years to we still have two and a half more years to go. But and by I the way, man, see. I mean it's it's nice you took some took hours of your day on your day off, but you're only giving us like five years sample size. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I figured five years was enough, but I can always you know I have the formulas, guard. I can just input this thing in for ten years if I want to. You know, yeah. so. Let's go for 20, whatever. All right, going to, going to 21 <laughs> here, Gar. Going to, so, so 20 and 19 and 2020 are out in terms of Jay's arguments. Um, Gar, what was he in 2021? What are we looking 2021, at 2021, Jay was, so he's gone from 8 and 5 to 5 and 8. This year he was uh, 7 and 7. 7 and 7. Wait, 7 and are we? Do we have 14 games in 21? Or, or, we did. Or, we did. We changed to 14 because that's what the NFL did. 14. A week. Okay. Yeah. So what I've got here is that Jay scored 86 points under his projection throughout the whole year, which averages to about um, six points less per game is what he, than what he should have scored. Okay, didn't really have a great year because he scored about six, 15 for he scored six. Sorry, let me start this over. He scored 15 points or under his projection six times. Only had so he had six down weeks basically. Uh, only had two blow up weeks for that. Okay, defensively. He scored actually five points over his projection for the for for the year, so a little bit over almost half a point per game. But um, only had one blow up week um, in terms of uh, in terms of twenty points or higher. But he scored over his project five points over the projection three times. Okay, so he actually had a pretty good defensive year in twenty twenty one. Now his opponents, if Jay scored 
<clears throat> less than, you know, 86 points over the, if he was under his projection, 86 points, his opponents were under their projection by a hundred points. Okay. So, you know, his opponents in 2021 had five games where they had down weeks, 15 points under the projection, only had one game where they had 15 points over. So they did not, wow. they had one blow up week against Jay in, you know, in 2021. Now, you can score 130 points a week, but if your projection was 122, well, that's not a blow-up week for you. That's just what you were supposed to do. So you have to factor. That's the only thing we kind of go by. So we have to kind of factor that in. The projection is kind of what matters, you know. And so now here's where Jay can actually make a case about defenses, okay, because in 2021 he had six games where the defenses scored five points over their projection and he had five games where the opponent scored 20 points or higher. Okay, so Jay can make a claim. Jay can make a claim in 2021 that defense has really bent him over in 2021. And that's pretty drastic. So you could see where, is. This is, where this psychological damage was stemming from <clears throat> in 2021. Yeah, I mean, over the course of the season, they scored 24, about 25 points over their projections. So. He had five games where they scored 20 points or higher. One of them was, look, he got 33-50, 26, 21, 26-50, 25. I mean, these are five games where they're blow-up games on him, okay? So maybe it started in 2021 with this notion that defenses score only against me. Maybe it started in 2020 because almost half the games he had teams kind of go up against him. So I would say in terms of the actual – I don't know. What do you think? In terms of the actual – opponents i don't think they blew up on him but maybe defenses did yeah and i think that's his main point on the text right is more about defenses than anything else so yeah but it, it does tie into other players it ties into it ties into everything so yeah. all right moving on to 2022 that's what this was his championship year last year okay his championship and year. i need to get off this standings page matt because literally my heart skipped a beat where i was kind of scrolling up scrolling down and i saw uh, i was in the playoffs that year i had a transaction where i dropped cam newton and picked up uh Trey Lance and it has him listed on Dallas. So literally, oh, I'm thinking God. who hacked who hacked into my account and did a transaction today. Okay, let's get oh, out. Of, let's get out of there. <laughs> all right, let's see here. In 2022, all right, Jay had so he had six down weeks, 15 points or under his projection in 2022. Only had two blow up weeks of 15 points over. All right, in his his defenses. Never had a down week. They had five. Never had one game of five points under. Five points under. So wow. They they had one week of five points over and one blow up week. So they stayed pretty consistent. I think he had Baltimore because he kept them. So they stayed pretty consistent all year long. Um, on that. So, uh, that being said, moving to his opponents, his opponents had three down weeks of under fifteen points, but never only had one blow up week of over fifteen points of over the projection. Okay, so. Didn't really have many blow-up weeks against him last year. And then defensively... His championship year last year. Championship year, yeah. And this is only regular season, okay? But um, but if you're looking here at his the defensive points scored by his opponents... Yes, that's, all, the, I care, that's all I care about, really. Exactly. Long. It was, you know, it was an even... Helpful and appreciate it. Even, even split. Five, four games of five under, four games of five over, and only twice did someone get 20 points or higher. So that's pretty normal throughout the course of the season. Okay, so absolutely, I've had someone go for twenty against me defensively at least a couple times already. Yeah, so. exactly. So it hasn't been that bad for me, you know. Going yeah. Against 
So uh-huh. I, I don't think 2022 was an issue for him either. So right now it looks like it was just 2021 has been kind of the, he's still holding on to something that's two years ago so far, in my opinion. That's just what it looks like. But Maybe he'll use you as his GFL therapist, Matt. This I, really, I don't know. This could really help him. But now we're going to get into the first 11 games of this season. So we're, we're summing it up right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So looks like um, Jay's actually had a pretty good offensive season from what it looks like. Okay. He's actually been pretty good. Um, only one down week under 15 points. He had five weeks where he's blown up, gone over 15 points to the, over the projection. Okay. Um, <clears throat> his defense has never scored under their has never scored five points under their projection this season. He's had six games where they've gone over the projection. Okay, and he's had four games where his defense has scored twenty points or higher. So mm-hmm. he's his defenses are killing it this year. Okay, let's have a look here at his opponents. Drum roll. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at these stats for the first time. Okay, Jay has a Jay has a little bit of a case here. Okay, a little bit of a case. All right. So his opponents have had three down weeks this year, okay? They've had seven, seven blow-up weeks against Jay this year, okay? Wow. Seven games of 15 points over the project, seven so far, okay? So these Jay has a little bit of a case here on his opponents in this situation. But get, okay? to, the de- get to the defense. So, yeah, the <laughs> scoring against him, but what are the defenses doing, Matt? Defenses, uh, two down weeks of five under, four I guess blow up weeks of five over and only one game this year has a defense scored 20 points or higher. Against them. And that was this past, that, that was, that was this past week. Now I use 20 points as a blow up week. Like it is. That's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, yeah, you can have a defense score 19. Uh, that's where the games are five points over the projection, but I don't have uh, you know, 20 points is real is a massive week for defenses, obviously, but um, that being said, he's had one time this season where he's had 20 points or higher. Four times this season have they gone five over the projections. So that being said, I think Jay has a case in 2023 of his opponents. Have him, you know, just putting up points against him. He's got a case in 2021 about defenses, but I don't think he's ever had a case for both at the same time. That's just my – that's my um, – Statistically driven conclusion based on all of the research that I've done regarding Jay Bringle. Well, Matt, I'm totally expecting a uh, a 180 from Jay on the text moving <laughs> forward. So uh, I think those 150 text messages could get cut down by at least half. You know, I think. Uh, I, I don't cut, think they will. I, I think he'll still... see, he's going to see everything in a new light for sure. And I have anybody who wants to see the research, I have it on. I have it. I can send it over to you for full transparency. No issues on my end whatsoever with that. Okay, so um, has, he has the goods. I do. Uh, honestly, it was a lot of fun to do this, just to kind of see and just to kind of do the analysis of it because Jay talks a lot. Of, he he he's a very recency biased kind of guy on the text thread, at least. You know what I mean? And so. Um, I wanted to see how accurate he really was. Some things he's accurate on, some things he's not, just like everybody else is. You know what I mean? So um, it's just very funny to see his recency bias on the text thread. Don't know if it's really like that in real life or not, um, you know, because I haven't been around him enough to see that. But, you know, it's uh, it's at least fun to listen to on the text thread. You almost feel guilty. I mean, we just all enjoyed so much. Should we ask him last next week how much of this is <coughs> act and how much is it, of it for real in the text uh, thread? We, I've never I mean, actually posed that to him. We can. 
That works for me. But um, that being I said, I want to keep it going that it's really him. It's more entertaining that way. But I know. We'll right. have to address That's it in some way, I'm sure, next week. I know. So, Gar, I'm going to let you kind of take the floor here. I know I've taken a lot of the time right now because of the stats and the uh, the kicker research. But let's get into our um, let's get into our playoff picture and who's in, who's not. Weekly previews. Let's kind of go into that stuff. because You are such come. a hog of airtime, you know. You always are, Matt. <laughs> you never give me a word in edgewise. So, I'm happy to help. <laughs> So let's have a look here. We're getting, we're pulling over. So right now, here's what I'll do. I'll lay out the playoff picture as it stands right now, okay? And then we will, uh, you know, I guess if you want to talk about who you think is going to be in, how the playoff picture is going to kind of go, uh, why don't you go ahead and go from there. i give my voice a little bit of a rest here. So let's look at it right now. So right now, <clears throat> we've got Corey as number one. Uh, let's see, the three teams in the VFC that, are for sh- that would be in are Corey, Mike Wilson, and Nick. And then the five from the GFC would be myself, Joe, you, Troy, and Graw has snuck into the eighth spot with that big week he had last week. So, uh, Gar, is this going to stay the same? Is it going to change? What are we looking at here? <laughs> One thing we know about life and the GFL is, no, it's not going to be stagnant. It is going to change. It's going to change every week. So uh, there are teams bunched up here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at the VFC, for example, Matt's been talking about he – Kind of proceeds three from the VSC. We talked about uh, a week or two ago with Kevin uh, how we could see four teams getting there. Uh, And that could still happen. You know, Nick and Kevin are now over 500. uh, But Nick has a really good point total. Kevin doesn't have a good point total. So he's going to need – Kevin's either going to need to win out or get some things to go his way uh, with other people not performing uh, to grab that fourth spot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Janowski's in – uh, fifth place of four and seven, so he's pretty much out. It looks like it's probably going to take eight wins this year to get in uh, yeah, yeah. since we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten teams that are at least six and five. And then you have teams like Jay lurking at five and six who could easily win out, you know, and mm-hmm. go eight and six. So to me, I don't know if we're going to get – I'd be surprised if we got a seven and seven team in this year. So, uh, But, yeah, Kevin's more a little bit on the outside looking in, but he's still in not horrible position. Um, so uh, – and uh, Nick just, uh, you know, you Mike and, and Corey are pretty much shoe-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, looking at, looking at Nick's team, I mean, it just looks real solid uh, to me, top top to bottom. So I just, I, I really think that, you know, he's going to make the playoffs for the eighth time in nine years. Jeez. I think that Wilson Jeez. and Corey are shoe-ins. Uh, yeah. And Kevin's on the outside looking in. So then let's look at the GFC. So, uh, Matt, your team's come on nicely. Uh, you know, looking at your team, your team's just very solid all around. You know, you lost mm-hmm. Chubb, uh, but, you know, you're getting contributions uh, from everywhere. And Josh Allen really gives you a lot of firepower just with Josh Allen. You know, if, yeah. Luka, if Cup's not playing, it's going to really help for the next couple of weeks. Devonta, you know, got over 15 points. We really thought without Goddard, who you also have, who may be coming back in a couple of weeks sooner than I would have expected. Still probably <laughs> would have done the trade, Matt, because I just needed some more pieces. And Tamari just wasn't going to be as effective without Watson, but um, you know, Devontae's got that blow up potential too. Rashad White's been so solid. I mean, how did he do? Did he play last? How did he, was he playing last week? He got uh, he got say, about 18 points last week, yeah. Again, so he's for the last since week seven, he's gotten 16, 18, 28, 18, and 18. I mean, mm-hmm. really effective there. So, nothing flashy, but really getting the job done. Flashy point wise, though. But now you got Kyron Williams back to go with Josh Allen, so this team doesn't look like uh, Janowski's team last year, total powerhouse, but man, a true championship contender uh, you've got up there. So you're in. 
I think you're, I've been saying for the last few weeks, I think you're going to be in. So now you're <laughs> winning the GFC. I still think Joe's going to get in. He's, you know, likely he'll beat me this week, but we'll see how it goes. I, I'm more, after all my trades, I don't have people on buy this week. So I'm just hoping to give him a run for his money. He should be in. Uh, I've been fading. I, I still have a good chance to get to my eighth win next week against Trent. So I guess we can give me a playoff spot. It's nothing for sure. Uh, and then, so if you have those three, Plus the other three. So we're really looking at two spots now for mm-hmm. Troy, Graw, Peckers, <clears throat> uh, and uh, Kevin. So two spots for four teams. So uh, Troy's got a pretty decent point total here. So um, if he can let just. Me, yeah, Gar, Gar, let me cut you off. I think you have to add one more team. And then you got to throw Jay in there because his point total is higher. Oh, than excuse all me. Excuse me. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll do that. So let me, you hit me at the right time there. Cause now yeah. I'll go through, I'll go through him there also. Yeah. So, so what do we, so that is uh, five teams competing for two spots. Um, so uh, of these, no, excuse me. Uh, yeah. Five teams compete four in the GFC and one in the VFC. So let's look at each one of those teams. Just in mind, quick analysis here. Uh, Troy, I mean, how can you count the guy out? So, yeah. you know, I'm going to probably give him one of those spots. So who's going to get that last spot? Uh, Graw's been coming on really strong lately. I just don't think the Peckers are going to do it. I just don't think they're point. Even though they got plenty of firepower, even without a quarterback, mm-hmm. I'm going to dismiss them. So uh, Graw, looking at his team real quick, um, Tank Dell's been coming back on strong again. Jalen Warren uh, has some explosive ability, even though Najee's getting you know half the work. Calvin really had a great game last week, so he's got Lawrence to go with it. Lawrence is due for some bigger games. You know, that's going to happen. So Graw's got a fairly solid team there. Uh, Jay's got a team that needs to win out. Uh, and then you've got uh, Kevin, whose team is very solid, very a la Graw. Um, let's see, Cup, what's the diagnosis on him, Matt? You probably know that. He has a low ankle sprain. He should, it's 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 day-to-day right now. So he okay, so he's not going to be out very long. So that, that's going to happen. So I won't assume he's going to be out too much longer. Really, Kevin can't afford to lose too much. So um, I would say if I'm going to have to give those two spots away right now, then I'm, I will give one to Troy. Uh, and I will give the other one to – I just think it's going to be tough for Jader win out. You know, I, I know he can, but that's a tough road. I think he's got the best team overall out of all these teams. Uh, I'll give the other one uh, – let's see, Graw's 1109, and Kevin's got 1058. So I will give the other one to Graw. Okay. Well, So my playoff teams are you, Joe, yeah. me, Troy, Graw, and uh, the three top VFC teams. I'm kind of holding the chalk, but you know, analyzing it, that's probably the most likely. So you ask, will it change? I'm saying it will. Uh, yeah. But I think maybe by the end in three weeks, it, it could look similar to what it is today. I think uh, I I can't disagree too much with it. I think uh, based on the VFC, I think it's going to be Nick, Corey, and uh, and Mike. Um, I think I think Corey's already clinched it. He's nine nine wins. He's in. He's he's not going anywhere. So. Um, I think that's With his point total, for sure, because Kevin's not he's, be able to overcome 200 points. No, he's the highest point total in the league, so Nick Corey's in. Okay? And the only way I see a 7-7 seven and seven team getting in is if Nick goes, you know, Josh, one, he goes 1-2 and two over the next couple of games. and Because uh, top three on the – top uh, top three from each conference get in no matter what. So that's the only way I can see it happening. But um, Kevin's going to have to put up some major point totals. Win out if he wins out, and gets nine wins. He's in. I mean, he's in. It's no question, you know. So, um, because you know, I, at that point, what'll happen is the via the GFC will probably beat up on each other, and Kevin will sneak in just by the virtue of winning out over there. But he'll he'll get in if he has nine wins. That's no question about it. So, uh, certainly could happen. But 
<clears throat> for tiebreak reasons, he's going to have to vote some major points here over the next couple of weeks, and I uh, see that happening. But um, for our conference, uh, I, I think I'm in. I, you know, I need to win. For sure, I need to win one game to get in, and I've got three weeks to do it. So hopefully it gets done this week. If it doesn't, then maybe hopefully over the next couple of weeks. Um, I do think, believe it or not, I'm going to change a little bit from what you said, from your situation. I actually think Jay gets in because I think his remaining schedule <clears throat> allows him to win out. So I think Jay's in. Um, I actually think Graw gets in because I think his schedule can allow him to win out, even though he and I play each other. I don't have Josh Allen that week when we play each other, so I think Graw has a chance to, to, to win that game. So I think he actually can win out and get in. So I'm going to go myself, Graw, Jay. <clears throat> I think the winner of you and Joe gets in this uh, from, from this week. So whoever wins that game is going to be in. And then the final spot is going to go between the loser of you and Joe versus Troy. I think that's how it's going to work. So um, it looks like it's going to be myself, Graw, Jay, the winner of you and versus Joe, and then the whoever and then the loser of you versus Joe and, and or Troy. That's how it looks like for me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And you know, I probably didn't give Kevin's team enough credit. I mean, <coughs> back. So I mean, you really look at his roster. <clears throat> Cup is healthy. Yeah, uh, Dotson. How did he do last week? Because he's been coming yeah. off pretty strong. He, he's he really not great. I mean, he had a touchdown, but. He's so inconsistent. That's a hard thing for Dawson. He had great weeks in eight or nine. Disappeared in ten. I don't know if he got injured. He only had two targets. Um, so no, uh, he didn't. Mo- he didn't get injured. So he's had four out of five at least decent weeks. So I, I do think he is coming on stronger uh, with Cup, uh, Etienne, Gus Edwards has been touched on revelation. Just such, such, such a tough, tough, such a tough runner, you know. So uh, let's not underestimate uh, Kevin. Uh, he is six and five. He's tied to the same record as yeah. as Nick, but. And Kevin, I just feel like he always finishes strong too. So, oh just, yeah, definitely a good sleeper team there in Kevin. Gus Edwards has let me see nine touchdowns in his last five games. That's crazy. Yeah, it's like Jamal Williams from last year. Probably. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, unbelievable. But um, yeah, so I, I mean, it's I think your game versus Joe. I mean, we can go into the preview this week, but uh, your game versus Joe is so massive this week just because. Uh, there's so many GFC playoff implications. Like if you look at the, if you look at our schedule this week, you know it's um, I mean shoot, I'll I'll just preview the big games. You know, I mean everyone's big, but these ones are so are, are massive games. We're looking at, let's see here. There's uh, you versus Joe. There's uh, Graw versus Peckers, which is gonna whoever wins that game, whoever loses that game's out basically. Um, you know, you versus Joe, as I mentioned earlier, I think I think a playoff spot's in the line there. There's uh, Trent versus Jay, which the loser of that game is out. You know, there's um, let's see who's who's. Uh, you know what? Honestly, Troy's got a big game because Lane with his new team has actually got a pretty good squad if you look at it. So if Troy loses that game, he's in some trouble. You know, so massive, massive games all the way across the board here this week. Lane could have had a new team uh, many for many weeks if he just played his guys and he went yeah. to three and eight. But yeah, you know. yeah. But no, no. It's uh, Troy's in some trouble this week because uh, uh, Lane Lane's team is is a good team. So mm-hmm. um, see how it goes. Yeah. So let's go ahead and look at um, let's look at the first game. Let's go first game this week that I want to look at. Let's go ahead and check out uh, Jay versus Trent. Let's go ahead and look at that one. Uh, loser, loser. This one's out of out of it altogether. So how do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, let's take a look at this matchup. Sorry, I was going 
full narcissist and just looking at my uh, Zay Flowers. Of course you were. I would I would expect nothing less. Than <laughs> okay, I looked at this a little bit earlier. Um, mm. uh, on the Trent side, of course, I had that trade worked out for Adams. He's getting volume now. He's got O'Connell, who uh, <laughs> kind of talk him up. I saw him in his bowl game last year against oh, who was it? someone someone decent in their bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he's in the Big Twelve championship. It was against Michigan. He played pretty darn well against there. So who do you, who do you play for in the uh, who do you play for in college? Purdue, Purdue, and they played oh, okay. uh, Michigan in the Big 12 championship and uh, hung with them the first two and a half quarters, and a lot of that was a product of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, he can get the job done. Adams is not being efficient, but he's getting the targets with O'Connell right now. So uh, he's, he's of course, very viable. He's Devontae Adams. Uh, Shahid, I don't think Michael Thomas is playing anytime soon, so he's become more viable now, and he's had a pretty decent year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor hasn't gotten any receiving work or really much touchdown-wise, I guess, the first two weeks since he's been back, but he's always a threat. Uh, Trent just has a huge hole to tight end with Noah Gray. Uh, yeah. Green Hunt's been a decent uh, flex option for him. Now he's got Lamar Jackson, who uh, playing against the Chargers, I mean, he should have a good game. So uh, New Orleans is playing at Atlanta, which could be good for them, too. So uh, Trent, even though he's got a hole at tight end, uh, is in good position to put up some points this week. And uh, uh, Jay's always in good position to put up points. He's got a pretty good team. He's got McLaurin at Dallas, um, so they're going to need to score some points. Uh, Ayuk at Seattle, uh, same deal. Uh, Javante against Cleveland, that is not a good matchup for Javante. Mm-hmm. Uh, McBride against the Rams, doesn't look like they're too bad against tight end. How did McBride do last week against the Pretty Titans? good, pretty good actually. Yeah, he's just he's just a beast. So, um, what a great guy to have there at tight end. I think he picked him up off mm-hmm. the waiver wire. Pickett's yeah. had a fantastic year. Herbert's coming off a great game. They're playing Baltimore. He's going to have to put up some points if he can, right? Because yeah. Baltimore's got such a good defense. So, should be a really good game. I would lean uh, Jay slightly. I think Jay's going to win this one. I, I don't. Um, Trent's got such a hole at tight end, it, it hurts a lot. And Devonta Adams going against KC, that defense is nasty with KC. So I, those are two big holes for him right there. Um, you got to think Jay wins this one. And uh, I think Ayak versus Seattle is going to be a big game for Ayak, honestly. And uh, Herbert should have a – I think Herbert's ready for a big game against a big team. You know, So I think it's going to be this this week. And, uh, yeah, so I definitely see Jay winning this one. Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be even close. I think Jay's going to win. Yeah. But the only thing I do see this one, right, it's it's interesting. Herbert's playing against Baltimore. Jay has Baltimore's defense, so they kind of cancel each other out a little bit. That could be a problem if if it goes, you know, kind of one way or the other. You know what I mean? So uh, the only way, I, you know, maybe I can see Trent getting in the game is if, um, if Herbert does, you know, not so great. <clears throat> like, like for example, if they get a lot of rushing touchdowns, Baltimore's defense goes down, but Herbert doesn't have a great game. Um, you know, so I can see something like that happening. You know, if and that'll take Jay's team and not do it, not make it do so well. But uh, I still think Jay's got enough to win the game, though, for sure. And just something to think about. You know, we talked about uh, Jay's uh, uh, not so bad luck against defenses, except two thousand. 21 but uh new mm-hmm. orleans going against ritter this week mm-hmm. they have they don't get a lot of sacks but they've been forced to tons of turnovers this mm-hmm. year so uh, ritter can be a bit turnover prone obviously so yeah something to watch which yep. jay will uh happily emphasize if it does happen oh yeah absolutely so all right next one guard we're gonna look at here is gonna be um let's see you know what? Let's look at Kevin and Corey. That's a big game, real big game, actually. So, uh, go ahead and take go ahead and take this one as well, Gar. 
Kevin seems to be pretty confident in Cub. Let's see. Kevin did not practice. Okay, so he's he's probably not going to play this week. Cub, he's holding out hope he will. So let's assume mm-hmm. he doesn't play. Uh, he's going to go with Smith uh, Najibba, uh, who as a couple weeks ago was coming on. How's he been doing the last week? I mean, he's getting a good amount of targets. He's good for mm-hmm. – he's like a 7- to 10-point guy. So that's nothing – that's a big drop-off from Cub. So yeah. he's got Dotson. So, I mean, he's got problems as wide receiver position this week. Uh, hasn't had problems with running backs with the way Edwards has been doing. It's it's a it's a it's a tragedy. They're only Yahoo's only projecting him for nine point seven three with the amount of damage he's been doing. So mm-hmm. um, Prescott, you know, could be you never know with Prescott. They've got such a good defense. Can they control how? Can they control the Commanders? So uh, they're predicting him for nineteen points. He may not get there. He may be five six points or more below that. You know, we don't know. So uh, I don't I don't without Cup, uh, not as confident with Kevin this week. Looking on the other side with. Corey, uh, Kirk, uh, you know, he's off and on. Brown, let's see, he's, he's got a questionable tag this week. He did not practice on Wednesday. It's a walkthrough. Appears to be no. Okay, so he's going to play. Okay, so let's assume he's going to play. Um, Mixon's good for his 8 to 12 points. You know, Hawkinson, um, you know, he's going against Chicago. It should be a pretty decent matchup. Singletary's been a revelation. I told you I wanted to talk about him. I mean, the last two weeks mm-hmm. with Singletary, he's gotten 52 carries i mean he wouldn't get that starting on buffalo in five weeks and and he's been very effective um Mm -hmm. he's not really getting a lot of receiving work he's a good receiver but man he's been effective on the ground getting touchdowns two weeks in a row so and hal has had you told me he's like a top five fantasy quarterbacks had a really good year so losing kind of eliminated that decision for Corey. it wasn't the worst thing in the world san francisco's at seattle that's you know may not be that great of a matchup overall though gotta think that that Corey's gonna win this one I do too. I mean, the only thing that I can really see though is, um, I think Gus Edwards is the, kind of the X factor here. Like, if you look at Gus, Gus Edwards' last five games, <clears throat> he's averaging 11 points over his projection each game. You know what I mean? So, like, Gus Edwards is getting much touchdowns. So, if he stays out of the end zone, then of course he's not going to get a lot of points. But um, so far, they people have been having a hard time keeping him out of the end zone. You know, and so. The big thing is that's one X factor, of course. Cooper Cup, is he playing? That's another X factor. You know, if he plays and he's healthy enough to play, then that's one thing. If he's out there and he's a decoy, that's the worst thing for a fantasy manager ever, basically. You know, but um, AJ Brown looks like he's got some kind of questionable tag. I'm guessing it's a rest day for him because they played on Monday night. So I highly doubt that he's actually injured. But um, Corey's just got too much. For me, Corey's got too much, in my opinion, uh, especially if – uh, especially if uh, Cooper Cup is injured. I think ETN could have a big game against the Texans, though. That may help. But um, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be tough for him, man. I know Kevin's going to need a lot of big games. He can get a big game out of New England's defense. That'll put him in a good place. Uh, get a big game out of Gus Edwards. That'll put him in good. He needs big games out of ETN, Gus Edwards, and um, and the New England defense. If he gets those big games out of those three, he's got a shot. If he doesn't get out of those three, I think it's going to be real tough for him to get through it. You know, looking at Corey's team, and not to harp on uh, his manager, because he's done really well, and he's got a little depth on the bench with Addison and Dylan now that Jones yeah. is out. Um, but, you know, he's keeping Deshaun Watson there. Mike Jacecki does nothing. Claypool's worthless. Hilaire is beyond worthless. <laughs> I didn't even realize he was still in the league, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even think he's getting a ceremonial opening carries with Kansas City anymore. And he's got Cordell Patterson doesn't do anything. So, uh, Corey would have been best, sir. You know, a lot of managers like to do this is just play the waiver wire a little bit. And just when guys present themselves, I mean, you don't need these guys on your roster. You might as well get guys who can be viable and 
and also maybe just to prevent them from being on other teams that you know you need to compete with too. So yeah. um, I don't know why he's not doing that, but uh, it's kind of like the Peckers. Peckers just kind of play it, play it as it lies with their guys. They don't really yeah the waiver wire either. So Corey's that version in the uh, VFC. I mean, hard to argue with what he's done so far. I mean, Corey's been pretty fortunate this year not to have any injuries, major ones or anything like that. Um, but hopefully that's not the curse for him. But I mean, he's done a great job this year. He's he's like right now he's the best team in the league. I mean, it's hard to argue with what he's doing. You know, yeah, without... yeah, I'm totally nitpicking, and I admit that. Yeah, for sure. You know, so <clears throat> all right, let's look at let's look at another one here. Uh, let's talk about Lane and Troy because this is a big one for Troy. Lane's out of it. Okay, eight losses, he's not getting in. Okay, but Troy. Troy's got to have this one. If he doesn't have this one, going six and six, got to win. Basically, has to win his last two. Um, I think he plays Jay on the final day of the season, uh, which is going to be a tough game for him. So, uh, I, let me see who else he, who's he got next week too. Uh, let's have a look here. Green Acres. He plays the Packers next week. Probably could win that game, but he's got to have this one. So, uh, Gar, what do you think about this game? Should be a really good one. It's kind of a toss up. Uh, the- Thielen's been uh, – how did he do last week? Uh, Pretty good. He got back up to 15. So yeah. it's crazy from week two to six compared to eight to 11, where eight to 11 he's averaging 22, 32, 47. I mean, he's still averaging, Matt, 12 points a game, which I think we would think would have been a revelation uh, before the draft, but it seems like he's in a slump. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Compared to how he did the first uh, five or six weeks. So – He's solid in there. Downs is is, is proven to be a, a worthwhile weapon there in Indianapolis. Pacheco mm-hmm. just doesn't get enough of the glamour work receiving or the touchdowns, you know. He's, yeah. he's going to get his carries. He's going to get yards. He's going to get at least seven or eight points. But I don't see it. There's just not a lot of blow-up potential with Pacheco, even though you look at him as a athlete and a player, you would think there would be. Komet is either uh, – it seems like he's either off or really on. So he's – it was definitely off again last week, so who, who knows how that's going to work uh, for Troy. And then I mean, Hurts versus Buffalo should be a really good game. And uh, Indianapolis at home against Tampa shouldn't be that great. I mean, uh, Tampa's been pretty solid offensively. So yeah, yeah. Looking on the other side, you got a Monra uh, against uh, Green Bay. So it's it's always an Monra. They have him for nineteen. I mean, I think he's usually guaranteed for at least fourteen or fifteen. The Mary Douglas on New England. We were kind of wondering, like, why is he included in the? You're wondering why is he included in the trade? He's not going to play until next week. I mean. I would just, you know, I've continued to make the argument. You agree. Why was the trade even made to begin with? But anyway, just as a player, Douglas has been very solid. And he should be a 7 to 11 point guy. Uh, Montgomery, I mean, there's just been a lot of mouths. Uh, they have him and Gibbs to feed. And they've been feeding him well the last couple of weeks. So he's got a, uh, an okay match, pretty good matchup against Green Bay on Thursday. Schultz is a top tight end. And uh, Hall is just so off and on. I mean, they're going to, uh, they're finally benching Zach Wilson. Uh, and they're going with oh I forget the guy's name uh, but he he played a little bit for Detroit last year so Boyle maybe Boyle is his name Boyle's his name so honestly maybe a slight <coughs> upgrade from Wilson and so mm-hmm. Hall I know he had a bad week last week um, he's had oh no he didn't he ended up the thing is um, let's see do, 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 do. No, okay no, he did have that the thing is about Hall and this will probably be the same with Boyle is that uh, his receiving will bail him out you know he's just getting really good uh, statistics receiving and he's still going to get his 10 to 15 carries which you know he may break one he may not he's got to break those to really get those those good uh, yards per carry uh but either way mm-hmm. going against miami you gotta assume hall's gonna be there for at least 13 mm-hmm. 14 points you got russell wilson at home against cleveland uh, 
predicted for 12, that's probably about right. We can't really expect much more than them, him than that. So looking at all this, uh, Philly's uh, going against Buffalo. Lane, if he was trying, really should probably pivot off that and go with a de- different defense. So that's not going to help him much. But it could if Allen has a self-destruct game. Uh, which is always possible. So yeah. uh, overall, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm I'm going to still I'm going to lean to Troy on this one. Yeah, I I I got all man's tough, you know, because <clears throat> Amon Ra has been awesome all year long. I mean, the guy is uh, he's I mean, if you look at his last five games, 30, 23, 16, 30, 21. I mean, this guy's just going crazy right now, you know, with um. You know, he had 19 targets in week seven. I mean, 19. You know, it's crazy. You know, um, so this guy's just been a beast. But, uh, you know, Montgomery is splitting carries with Gibbs right now, right? But Montgomery's still getting his points. Schultz has been pretty good, and he's going to have a big game uh, against Jacksonville, I think, as well. Brees Hall, does he get does he get game flowed out of this? You know, does Miami take a big lead early? And Brees Hall is basically irrelevant after that. Don't know, okay? Uh, can't see a whole bunch of points in – Cleveland versus Denver. Just I don't think I I don't know what the line is in Vegas, but I can't imagine that being more than you know thirty points between the two of them. I can't imagine that being that way, you know. But um, it'll be higher than that. It'll probably be in the the mid to high thirties. I'll check it for you. Yeah, I, I I have a hard time seeing just because neither. I mean, the Denver's not great offensively in their efficiency, and Cleveland. Not sure how they are with the new quarterback and everything like that too. So uh, interesting matchups for Lane here, uh, Troy. You know, Troy's team, when you look at it compared to Lane's team, you're like, how is he going to have a chance? But it's just it's not a sexy team, but it's just getting jobs done basically is what it is, you know. And uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, could have a real big game against Buffalo because their secondary is pretty depleted. And I think they're going to want to have a good game on the back of what they had against KC. So, man, uh, real close. I honestly, I think it's going to be a really close game. I really do. But I'm going to lean Troy slightly on this one. But uh, I think it's just because I think Jalen Hurts – is going to push toward that line. That's what I think is going to happen. 36 total in that. Yeah, okay. So I wasn't too far off. It wasn't no, too far off. No, it's not, I wouldn't expect I just know <coughs> based on that. They're not going to put a 30 out there. It's got to be yeah. a, little, a little over 35. Yeah, close. so, all right, Gar, let's take one more. We're almost at the hour and a half mark. we got to go with the game of the week here. It's going to be your game versus Joe. There's no question about that. Okay, your game versus Joe. Yeah, we may uh, want to also just one more look at Graw and uh, the Packers real quick. Okay, we can do that too. <laughs> Let's uh, let, I guess we can do. Let's do your game. Let's do that game first. We'll, we'll end up with yours versus Joe. Okay, so, um, guard, go ahead and take this Brian one. Brian has such an interesting team. It really does. Uh, weird. Uh, if uh, is Higgins playing this week? Let's see. Higgins da, 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 did not practice. Yeah. Back to no, okay, uh, probably not. So um, he's gonna have to pivot off that. So he's got Boyd, who's you know good play with Higgins out in there. Uh, Hopkins had a pretty decent year. McCaffrey's just such a beast. I mean, you, you like talking about it. He's like the cheat code. Evan yeah. Ingram's had such a nice year. Uh, let's see if the A-chain, now that we know his name, is playing. Uh, <laughs> gonna, okay. Uh, okay, probably playing. So that's that's good. So uh, Okay, so who's going to go in for Higgins is the question for uh, Brian. You're like picking people up. Uh, he's got... Nobody? I mean, what does he have? He's got nobody. He's got, he's Kadarius, he's got Kadarius Tony. That's all he's got. That's okay. all he's got. Okay. So, got to give 
draw the edge here. Um, I mean, I, I can look at these matchups, but that's a big hole there. Dell's playing at home against Jacksonville. Shouldn't be a horrible matchup. Lave at Atlanta. That's not horrible either. Warren just been real good lately at Cincinnati. I think they have problems uh, against the run. Uh, Kelsey's Kelsey. Ridley had such a good game last week, and uh, Houston, uh, the Texas defense, definitely beatable uh, with Lawrence there too. Um, you know, two young quarterbacks going at it. Um, so, yep, uh, definitely give the uh, the the edge, decided edge to grow in this one. Yeah, I agree. I think Hopkins could have a big game against Carolina, um, even though the pass defense is actually halfway decent. But um, <clears throat> McCaffrey is going to have to put up one of his forty-five point games, I think, for for Brian to really have a shot here, you know, and, um, you know, cause you put Kadarius Tony in, uh, fine. You know, he might get a couple catches, maybe he gets a one yard touchdown. I, I don't know, but it's not going to be anything, uh, special. And then you've got, you know, you've got interesting, Graw's got some interesting matchups, you know, Jacksonville's defense is not bad, you know, and, uh, they're, but they're playing at home. Uh, Atlanta's past defense has actually been pretty good. So Olave might have an ish, might have a tough game. Um, you know, Cincinnati and their run defense, they're middle of the pack. So we'll see how that goes, you know. And then, uh, you know, yeah, Kelsey is Kelsey, but <clears throat> the stack between Ridley and Trevor Lawrence is what made Grog, you know, gave him, what, 65 points between the two of them last week or something like that. So yep. uh, Texans have been pretty good defensively against the against the pass and against quarterbacks. So, you know, matchups-wise, it's not perfect for Grog, but I still think he's going to have enough to push through and win the game. I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Let's look here at our game of the week, which is huge between y'all two. Uh, you and Joe, um, your your new look team finally gets a your you're finally basically yeah, full. This is the debut this week. I was hoping to steal it from the Packers last week. Didn't get my yeah. trades in, so I, I didn't. <laughs> so I need this. I need this one. So does Joe. Yeah, definitely do. So uh, you're looking. Um, I guess. Well, I guess I can take I can take this one because this is your team, so I can look at it first. You can kind of see what we're going with on this. Yeah, one. But, go ahead. All right, so I'm looking at my old team basically. Zay, Flair, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> no, half. <clears throat> excuse me, guys. Conklin, so I got London and Flowers. London and Flowers. Uh, I really think if Zay's healthy, which it looks like, I don't know. He, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm he, he's playing. That's yeah. that's a questionable, questionable tag. They gave. So. ODB's injured. Uh, I don't know if he's playing this week or not. If he's not, that's that's certainly helpful. Mark Andrews obviously out. So ODB Zay, not playing would be huge along with uh, Andrews. Yeah. yeah. So I think that Zay could be would double hit. digit targets for Flowers for sure. Exactly. Zay's already going to get about eight targets a game at the minimum anyway. So if those guys are out, you can probably see his targets go to twelve or thirteen probably, and that would be in Zay. Zay usually gets. I'm not you. I'm. Uh, I guess you can say usually I'm not really sure, but he gets chunk yardage what he gets, you know, catch for 33 yards, catch for 45 yards, whatever it is. So um, the only thing missing from Zay's game is touchdowns. That's really what it is, you know. So if he can start to get some touchdowns, then you're going to have a guy that goes for 28, 30 points, you know, which is huge. But um, we'll see how that goes. I think with the Chargers, they're going to have to put up some points. So I think Zay's going to have a pretty good game. I think they have a good week. Um Let's see here. Drake London, Jonathan Taylor against Tampa Bay. I'm not convinced on Taylor yet, to be honest with you. I, I think he's been okay. Um, you know, he's had decent, he's had double digit points for, you know, five games in a row, which is good for him. But I don't, I think it's just something's missing. So Tampa Bay's got a good run defense, but we'll see how it does as a pass catcher. So, you know, I th- he'll probably, he'll be in double, he'll be in double digits, put it that way. Okay. So you should be good there. 
Um, let's see, Atlanta's got a pretty good run defense, I think, right? Or no? Yeah. One of the best run defenses in the league. Kamara's but, got a tough schedule coming up. He really does. He does. <clears throat> the only thing about Kamara, though, is that he gets so much work as a pass catcher that it's, you know, you're going to be fine there. Um, Dobbs should be good against uh, against Chicago. Uh, you got Tennessee going against Carolina, so I think you're going to have a decent game with the defense there. Uh, you've got some good matchups this week, man. You really do. You know, you've got a you got should be one. at least 90 points. I mean, I should get close to 100. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. If I were to project your points, I'd say you'd probably be about right around 100 this week is what I would, what I would say. And uh, for Joe, uh, Diggs is, you know, going against Philly. But Philly's got the uh, – for fantasy reasons, Diggs is going against the worst uh, – against the best defense he could go against because Philly gives up the most yardage to uh, receivers. They just do, you know. So, um, Josh Allen could have a big week. Diggs could have a big week. I think he's primed for a big week because he's got two stinkers. So, Diggs is ready to, Diggs is ready to rock, basically. You know, so watch out me. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I know. And then uh, Waddle going against the Jets. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, the Jets are good against the pass, but how much focus is going to be on Tyree Kill? You know, that's the question. You know, so does Waddle benefit from that because Sauce Gardner might be on Tyree Kill as opposed to other things? So we'll see how that goes. You know, um, yeah, golf against Green Bay. Let's see. You wouldn't look. think that Waddle's good. He could go off, right? But I mean. If he gets to 20, I'd be surprised. Yeah, I think Waddle's going to be stuck around 12, 12 to 13. Honestly, is where, probably where he's going to be at. Uh, I can't see Waddle getting under under five, but probably 12 to 13. Yeah, and it could be done. it could be 8 to 10. I mean, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see how Laporta – let's see how I look here. Uh, Green Bay uh, is pretty good against tight ends. So, Laporta needs – you know, Laporta's, you know, started off great. Um Hasn't had a great couple of weeks, honestly. He's on eight and six points, you know. So he's either due for a big game or he's kind of falling back to the norm as, as it goes to tight ends. You know what I mean? So um, it's going to be a close game, man. I, 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 this is going to be a tough one. I, You know, I got to lean Joe a little bit. It's very slightly. I think it's going to be – if you're slated for 100 points, I think Joe's slated for like 102. You know what I mean? So that's how close I think this game's going to be. Yeah, it could. Kansas City could have a good match. What's that guard you, you dropped out? What did you say? Kansas City is at Las Vegas, so that could be a little X factor there. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But, you know, um, if, you know, if A-Chain plays and Mostert, that, that kind of negates Mostert a little bit. You know what I mean? If A-Chain's playing. You know, so uh, I'm not sure if Joe's going to stick with Mostert or not. He might throw in Pickens because of a new offensive coordinator. Or he could throw in Shakir uh, because of um, uh, Philly's defense not being so great against the pass. So there are some options there for him. But if he sticks with the lineup that he's got, then I think it's gonna be a very close game. Like I said, a couple points, five points. It's 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 a it's a close one. And Gibbs, even though he's splitting those carries, man, he's been getting so much receiving work uh, the last uh, four weeks. So he's really tar- almost averaging over seven targets a game. Yeah. Um, well, and, but he's just doing a lot. He's doing a lot with. It. He's very explosive. He's doing basically what we thought he could do. Uh, before the draft, you and I were both high on him. Joe was yeah. high on him. So now, starting week seven, all these rookies come on a little bit like midseason, and that's what yeah. you're, you're seeing with uh, Gibbs. And Laporte's kind of the opposite. He's gone downhill a little bit, but at the same time, uh, he should still get good volume. You're going to have a couple off weeks, so he should still uh, be solid. And I guess we really want to preview this game. We could have just asked Joe. I'm sure he already as a CIA operative, former time traveler, and Project Tech. <laughs> already knows the, I'm sure he knows the result. Well, what's weird about Joe, uh, sorry, Joe, what's weird about Gibbs is that all of a sudden now he's getting a lot of the goal line carries, right? He wasn't earlier. Now he's getting, you're seeing some of his touchdowns, one yards, two yards. So 
it's strange to see that, but it's a good thing for Joe, obviously, if that's the case. Um, you would think Montgomery as a bigger guy would be the one getting that. You would, you would. But the last couple of games, I've seen I've seen uh, Gibbs with a lot of one or two yard touchdowns, and I just thought it was very strange to see that. But uh, if five Joe's nine, gonna, he's only five nine. I think I think Montgomery is a bit bigger than him, but he's yeah. two hundred pounds. He's solid. Gibbs is solid. He's a strong, he's a strong dude. But I, I will say this: if if Buffalo doesn't get Diggs going, then Joe is not going to win this game. Joe has to have Diggs going yeah. to win this game. If he, he should. He should. Diggs should go. This should be a 20-point get Diggs. It game. should be, but if, if for some reason that, you know, because Dalton Kincaid is starting to come around in, in Buffalo a lot right now, right? And, you know, is this a Gabe Davis week or not? You never know it's with Gabe Davis. So it's really strange, you know. But for them to – for Joe to win, he's got to get Diggs going. Really has to get for sure, for so, sure. This, I I need to get I need to get Taylor going. You know. Yeah, you do, you do. So, all right, guard. Well, my voice has had about enough, so we got to get going on this one. But it's um, this has actually been a fun episode. I mean, we went through a lot of different stuff. Uh, big playoff picture week. Uh, we'll see how it all transpires. And let me know what do we have royalty free or non royalty free today? Um, it's a little, uh, it's, it's more of an orchestral, not so royalty free uh, yeah. music. Uh, this being Thanksgiving, just want to give thanks to all the, you know, the 52 unique listeners from last week, the 80 <laughs> we've had before, but most importantly, Matt, to you, the league, uh, friends, family, all the things that actually matter. I mean, you know, I'm only half heartedly joking. If I do, I think we all think about our fantasy teams a lot more than we probably should. Cause it's just so probably. fun. It's a great bonding experience with our friends uh but overall it's it's the ones you love it's it's family and uh, i just want to lead us out with a more of a subdued song i did the nba on nbc intro i'm gonna i'm gonna finish it out here matt and you can just play it through i got 30 seconds here of the and i've played this before uh the field of dreams a uh, real touching song at the end that always gets me choked up every time because it makes me you know even when he's alive it made me think of my about my dad in, in kind of an emotional way now that he's gone it makes me think of that so i'm just happy for uh, everyone in my life including him including you matt including everyone so i'll just lead us out happy thanksgiving everyone uh and we'll listen to a little field of dreams happy thanksgiving guys we'll see you on the next time see you tonight see you next time